2: Hello everybody! Welcome to Take the Black Live, the show where myself, Dan Selke, editor of and Mia Johnson of FanCenter.com go over all of the latest and greatest Game of Thrones news, Song of Ice and Fire news, fantasy, Marvel, superheroes, sci-fi, space people, and the Star Wars, anything that's worth reporting, we talk about it for your uh, enjoyment. And today it is Halloween. Early Halloween.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah, this still a week until Halloween. Today
2: is when we are celebrating Halloween in the fan-sided office and we are asked to dress up. I mean, I didn't, but you're, who who are you dressed up as?
3: I am dressed up as casual Captain Marvel. So I've got my shield hat and my (laughs) nine inch nail shirt, which I do not own. I had to buy these. So it was an easy (laughs)
2: costume. And you <laughs> I just came in plain clothes. Anyway, today we have now I'm I'm a I'm a one eyed beekeeper.
3: <laughs> all right, let's move on. What do we have to That's do? First?
2: Well today, first of all we have some lovely products to model mm. for you. Starting with the My Watch Has Ended Beer from Brewery Omgang. Oh delicious. I mean it might be, we'll see. It's, I think this is like Brewery Gang, If you don't know, has been making Game of Thrones beers for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Like they've made a ton; they've made a lot of a lot of them over the years. And This is kind of the their way to say goodbye to the show. All My right. watch has ended. It is. Okay. It's got aromas of sweet maple and caramelized sugar, notes of cocoa and toffee, and a smooth, velvety mouthfeel, and a rewarding finish that gently smolders with lingering roast.
3: Ooh, Let's see if right. it lives up
2: to that. Ooh, it has um, a really...
3: It's a rich color.
2: It's a rich colored pour. The pour is very nice, is what I've heard people who are into drinks saying. What well, I pour this right? Actually, I'm a, I'm a little afraid. This is right. like a death to experience. Okay. All
3: right. all right. He did it. Okay. A Cheers, Mia. Toast to you.
2: Me. <laughs> this is not going to work. Let's okay. see. <laughs> <sighs> okay. How is it?
3: Wow, yeah, I can really hmm. that um cocoa. Is yeah, I definitely taste going it. On, at least in the smell, um and all the, oh, the toffee or caramel. One of those is really coming through right now. Yeah,
2: there's like a dessert feel to it a yeah. little bit. I like it.
3: Oh boy, remind me of Germany. I was like, I've, I've been trying to swear off beer since I came back from October. <laughs> was there a lot of beer drinking in Germany? There was a lot of beer. <laughs> you would be surprised to see what I had packed away.
2: I but, hope there are pictures.
3: Oh, there are. There yeah. are. But yeah, this is, you see, it's got a really nice rich brown color. Um,
2: You're good at this. You can you can analyze stuff. Yeah, okay. yeah. Coming
3: back from Germany, I'm quite the, the beer expert, so. I enjoy it. Yeah, I, I like yeah. the,
2: uh, yeah, uh, I mean, some, I don't know, like, I'm not like a beer expert, I'm not I'm like a beer guy, Yeah. but um, I like the dessert notes in this one. Yeah. That was kind of a a fun by the fire drink it in the is. dead of winter It is. Settle and down a fine way to say goodbye I to know. Game of Thrones. I recommend it at first drink. Okay. Yeah. I'll drink to that.
3: All right. One last.
2: <laughs> and that's not all we have. We're over with prompts today. We also have a copy of Game of Thrones. A guide to Westeros and Beyond: The Complete Series by Miles McNutt, yeah. which was handed out at New York Comic Con a couple weekends back, and it's officially uh, on still November November fifth. Mm-hmm. And you know, there are actually a lot of these kind of compilations coming out now. I think uh, Kim Renfro has a book out, like an unofficial guide to Game of Thrones, too. Yeah. And now Miles McNutt is a critic who's been, you know, like a lot of the critic world, analyzing Game of Thrones since the beginning because it was like it was like a little cottage industry, basically. Mm-hmm. Like people got. Their names made <laughs> off uh, Game of Thrones criticism, so apparently he has a book out too.
3: Okay. And I've, I flipped through it; it's a really gorgeous. I, oh, well, totally. I'm a sucker for like glossy printed books with like nice quality images and all that.
2: Yes. So lovely images, yeah, lovely they really descriptions go it. of characters and I, their arcs. I, I, what just, are, I can't see what that is.
3: Those are brave men knocking at our door. Let's go kill oh, them. Oh,
2: Okay, great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And I, it's hard. It's hard to handle, as you can see. Yeah, we'll that's ha- a problem with it. <laughs> We're
3: but... having story time right now, so okay. <laughs> but no, it's it's really nice. I'm oh, oh god, <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be a mess over here. We have out. a
2: lot <laughs> of props and costume stuff going yeah. on today. Okay, but honestly, yeah, it, it, it's cool. Stuff's coming out. There's also they're also releasing these big glossy co- like HBO. Yeah, this is I think unofficial.
3: It might be. Although,
2: um... God, I hope I'm not misquoting that. <laughs> you do this for internet HBO. The Complete Series. T- it's Chronicle Books, San Francisco. HBO, HBO Books yeah. Office. Okay. Maybe it is right official. In the sli- Kim Renfro's is, is an official. It's, it's okay. in the title the okay. guide. So this one is... I take it back. I'm sorry. This is very official. We should have it. And they're also releasing like the art of Game of Thrones and the costumes of Game of Thrones, which are all written yeah. by people who are involved in that the crew oh, members. Nice. And they have all these... It's really gorgeous. They have like these beautiful spreads about the costumes they made. <sighs> and then there's like one about the concept art and one about... Um, I think, t- to photography. So, there's they're going hard yeah, on really? Game of Thrones coffee table books now that the, I guess.
3: <laughs> I mean, yeah. A, the series ready. is over, and yeah. B,
2: Christmas is coming.
3: Oh, yeah. Christmas is coming. <laughs> well, gift guide is already... We've got two recommendations already. We so do. that's that.
2: Okay. And also, there are things happening in the world of Game of Thrones and yeah. beyond, starting with... Um, are you a Lord of the Rings fan, Mia?
3: You know, I'm a casual Lord of the Rings fan. Gotcha. I'm not like as in depth as some people i've watched the movies i've watched the hobbit so yeah
2: i mean if you watch all the movies and all the hobbit you you know something i'm
3: there yeah i know a thing or two
2: are you interested in this new series that amazon is mounting this series that they according to kind of the reports that i've read the biggest thing about it is the money they're spending a billion dollars committed to five seasons up front just a big like they paid I think two hundred fifty million for the rights to the TV rights for the series alone. Wow, they're they're going all in on they this. Are. <laughs> it's going to be set during the Second Age of Middle Earth. I don't wow. know if you know enough to you know what that means. That
3: means nothing to me, but I appreciate you checking in. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's like a thousand years before the movies. Okay, when Sauron is still like making the rings and way into oh. jewelry making and stuff like that. It's his real. Oh, okay. It's, it's his Etsy phase. <laughs>
3: Okay. I'm I'm a little sold now. I like jewelry. I like exactly. Etsy.
2: And uh we haven't heard a ton about it. Yeah. Which is weird because of how big the scale is, right? I mean, it's like how do you hide a billion dollar investment yeah. when you're gonna film something? Yeah. But at this point, finally we're getting some information on it. And uh we learned this week that Game of Thrones star Joseph Maul is going to be the main villain yes. who name of Oren. Uh remember Benjamin Stark Red's from the show. Uncle Stark. Uncle Stark, Yay. yeah. That's uh, Uncle to Bran and Sansa and Arya and all those yeah. folk. He helped out John Beyond the Wall, he helped out Bran Beyond the Wall. Yeah. Not like a giant character or anything, yeah. but you know yeah. he was there. So he's going to be in it. That's good for him, getting a gig. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm glad to see that it's coming together. Because, like, they're making another series called Wheel of Time, which is another giant fantasy titan. And -hmm. we've heard plenty about that. We've heard, like, Rosamund Pike is in it and all these people are in it and the are reading their table read. It's been weirdly quiet for the Lord of the Rings.
3: Yeah. And I really wonder what's going on with that. I mean, considering just, like, Lord of the Rings in general has such a massive fan base. I don't know if they're, like, being quiet so that... Maybe they're like, we don't want to disappoint these people right (laughs) off the bat. We want to make sure that we get everything right before we announce and things like that. Because I'm thinking like a uh, fanboy like Stephen Colbert. (laughs) (laughs) Sure.
2: (laughs) He will have a good time having people on his show. Or they're having production issues and Mm. things aren't going this smoothly. Uh Because I mean, like part of the issue is, from what I read again, they signed Mm -hmm. a contract where they had to like start filming by a certain date under the terms of the rights agreement they signed with the Tolkien estate. Which, I mean, they've paid so much for the rights. Yeah. It's kind of hard to believe it came with strings, too. <laughs> like, you're not happy $250 million you have yeah. to have these strings as well. Um, but again, so they've hired this guy. They've hired... We now know who the two leads are. Right. These uh, charming young British Australian actresses. We got... I can't read in this iPad. There you go. Thank yeah. God. Will and... Poulter as Beldor. And <laughs> Australian actor Michaela Cavanaugh as Tyra. Uh-huh. Now... Again, just as a big LTR nerd like me, mm-hmm. the, the those aren't names in J.R. Tolkien's legendarium. Those aren't names we know,
3: right? Okay, you know that's what I was wondering. like, are they kind of like starting from scratch with these characters? Um, you know, like my guess is own- they are. Okay, which I mean, it's something new. It's something original. I mean, they've done that. <sighs> They've kind of had the freedom with the other movies, if I'm to understand, too, to kind of, like, add in, like, um, is Kate Blanchett's character? Or am I thinking of Orlando Bloom's?
2: Um, I mean, they're both in there. They they weren't in The Hobbit, the book at all. Right. So they put them back right. in there. Right. Okay. And, and I hated it. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the did you like The Hobbit? I thought The Hobbit was terrible. Then again, I'm a big fan of the book, and I thought it was uh, pretty badly butchered.
3: Yeah, you know what? I was going through my... And I, this is probably the 10th time I would say this, that I was a huge Sherlock fan, especially when the Hobbit movies came out. So I was just so thrilled to see Martin Freeman. And then and um, Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch was small. Because I was like, that's all you have to tell oh, me. Oh, they were good. Know. Yeah. Like, they are perfectly <laughs> yeah, fine. Yeah, I yeah. thought
2: Benedict Cumberbatch was great.
3: But uh, you're, so you're saying that it wasn't adapted. is No. Ooh, hmm. Not
2: even kind of close.
3: Yikes. Ooh, that's disappointing. But
2: that's another issue entirely. Yeah. I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see I mean again, they paid so much money for it. I guess they can do whatever they want. But I can already see sort of the community being like, why don't we have, you know, the characters we're familiar with, the ones we've read about? Because Tolkien's one of those guys who like really got detailed Mm. with his there's even a word for it, his legendarium. It's not a mythology, it's a legendarium. legendarium.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well no, I mean that's cool. So yikes.
2: But apparently, there's somebody named Tyra who we never heard of running Tyra, around.
3: Tyra Banks.
2: That's that's what I <laughs> that's think what too. That's what I want when, when I hear her. Tyra Banks. Miller is Tyra
3: Banks. <laughs>
2: Tyra Banks in as an elf in Middle Earth. Yeah, yeah, I see. I'd it. see Queen it. Okay. Tyra.
3: Bam! There we go. Amazon. There's your idea.
2: So I'm like, I, I'm cautiously okay. Right. That's good.
3: I patch troubles.
2: I patch itching. I'm cautiously optimistic about it. Yeah. I We'll see how it goes. I'm yeah. more interested in the Wheel of Time show they're making. Which is another series I don't really know a lot about, mm-hmm. but um, I know... Are you familiar with Will of Time at all? Very slim t- <laughs> <laughs> I've got to study up. I'm going to. Okay. I've downloaded the first book on audio. And this is fantasy. Oh, totally. Okay. It's, I think that's straight what, it's fantasy. Like being
3: I like That's why I like being here, because I'm learning a lot more about fantasy. I would say I'm definitely like more of the action. I'm a comedy person and all that. So, it's nice to kind of delve into like these fantastical realms and see what's going Ooh. on in TV here. There so. is
2: there is a lot of it out there. And yeah. I know now it's all because of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants it. Yeah. So we'll see it. Yeah. Again, I said this before, but I'm pretty sure we'll see a lot of it. And then a bunch of them will fail. And then it'll <laughs> kind of peter out. But for right now, we're definitely in fantasy country.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm here for it.
2: Uh, speaking of fantasy, sort of, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, the final trailer for Star Wars Episode Ooh. 9, The Rise of Skywalker, yeah, uh, debuted Monday, I think?
3: Yeah, I'm doing Monday Night Football.
2: Why don't we watch a speck of it and then uh, see what we think about anything?
0: It's an instinct. Uh. A feeling. The Force brought us together. People will fight if we lead them. People keep telling me they know me. No one does. But I do.
3: Long have I waited.
2: And now... And so on and so forth in that fashion. Yes. Uh, Mia, what do you think? Are are you excited for The Rise of Skywalker? The final film in the Skywalker saga as they sell it? (laughs) I
3: definitely am. And well, you know what? I'm carrying a little bit of a healthy sense of skepticism. Oh, I was one of those people who was a little bit burned by The Last Jedi. I know. It's sad to say and it's sad to admit. I have only, out of all the Star Wars movies, I've only seen that one once in the theater.
2: Were you one of the people who went online, signed petitions to get it banned? Ooh, and, no, I'm not one of those. And oh. calls people, him Ruin Johnson Listen, such <laughs> I'm
3: not a terrible human being. <laughs> Let's get that straight. I mean, I, I'm one of those. I was just like, it's I didn't like tombstone. where it went, but you know, I'm not going to complain about it. So I'm really hoping that everything is kind of saved and rescued mm-hmm. uh, in this last, last, you know, Skywalker saga. movie. <laughs> and I say <laughs> last with quotes.
2: <laughs> I mean, the last Jedi, I mean, we're going back a little bit. Yeah. I never like, I guess I, I, I'm not, I was never really a super star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. So like I saw it and I was like, that's eh, fine. And then like, I didn't realize people were upset about it until yeah. like later. Yeah, people <laughs> like, were Oh, afraid. people cared yeah. way more this than I did. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but so this one, it's like, you really have to tie it all together and, you know, finish up Rey's arc and Kylo Ren's arc. And now they're trying to bring back like Emperor Palpatine and all this stuff. Do you stuff. like that?
2: Because like, because there's a part of me that's like, is it leaning too hard on, like that? you know, the past, the nostalgia? Yeah. Like, do we have to have Emperor Palpatine yeah. back?
3: And I feel like that kind of was their problem out the gate where it was just really like the first like episode seven was really kind of a copy of, what is that, A New Hope. A New Hope, yeah. Um, and so, but I still, I still like the characters. I, like, unashamed, I'm unashamed to say that I'm a huge Kylo Ren fan.
2: Sure. <laughs> and it's
3: like, you know, whatever. He's a charmer. He, yeah, I love Adam Driver, so that that's the one thing. And uh, the way that they took the characters through the first two movies have kind of been, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I think I would just, just like to see how they wrap the up these characters. And then... By the time I'm out of the movie, I'll decide if that's what I would have done.
2: Uh, I, mean, I will say I, I do like the Kylo Ren Ray thing because it's it, it, yeah. it that's, that, that's not something they've ever done before. Right. You know, like with Darth Vader and Luke, it was like a father son thing. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know who, who was, I guess, Obi-Wan and Anakin were like yeah. mentee. Yeah. They've never had like a, like they, like they could either get together or kill each other. And like right. either way is you could see it happening. So I, I do right. think it's a cool dynamic.
3: It is. Yeah. I'd, that they
2: didn't do before.
3: And I just, I don't know, I kind of wish they would be more defined. I don't know if and that makes sense. very ship friendly. <laughs> I am, well, I will say the ship is not one of my favorite things, but I know that it's something that's out there. Uh, but no, no, I do like that duality, you know, of like the pull to the light and the pull to the dark. Yeah. And how is it? I think ultimately we're trying to figure out in this movie is who's going to be on what side of the coin. Like, is Ray going to be dark? Kylo Ren going to be light? Switchers both. Oh, you know what? Freddie Prince Jr. did a rant about. Oh, I loved it.
2: That? My favorite thing. And he
3: broke it down so clearly about the balance of the force, and he made it seem like, uh, of course, we have to know what goes on at the end of this movie because the force has to be balanced. But I'm not going to tell you how that's going to be balanced. <laughs> so, uh, making me do all the guesswork. But that that was kind of a funny thing if you have time to look at that. Oh on, yeah, like, look it up. That on was online. brilliant. Yeah. That was wonderful.
2: <laughs> yeah. so, so, uh, Puffy's husband was mad about this. <laughs> I thought I thought the trailer looked beautiful. Like the well, 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 yeah. shots, like yeah. that shots of like the sh- of those shots of the uh-huh. ships kind of flying toward the ice covered mountain. Yeah, or all the ships in the sky together. Yeah, you know, like a Star Wars thing. George Lucas has said he wants to like push technology forward, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure if they're really doing that. Where there's so much out there, uh, but I don't yeah. feel like I've seen kind of shots composed like that in earlier Star Wars films. So I, I do like.
3: Yeah, it is the very attention
2: to composition. Visually doing there. beautiful,
3: and um, a lot of people were joking with that um, the ship scene where all the ships are flying in. Mm-hmm. It was like JJ, how many uh, ships do you want in that final cut? And he's like, all of them. <laughs> 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 and some people have even said um, there's a animated series called Star Wars Resistance mm-hmm. out, and some people think that a ship from Star Wars Resistance is in that scene. Which would be interesting to see them meld, you know, the animation world and the live action world together. So, we'll see how that pans out.
2: David Harris, our Star Wars guy, pointed that out to me. So, yeah, yeah, it's definitely out there. Um, And you know, pre-sale tickets are already up there. And apparently in the first hour, it set a record beating out pre-sale tickets for Avengers Endgame by 45%. Yeah, Avengers Endgame, to remind you, being the most profitable movie in the history of ever.
3: Yeah. Now, <laughs> our, <hard time? laughs> our beloved Cheryl texted me. Oh, did she? Uh, that the tickets, because I made a tweet. and I was like, oh my gosh, we're gonna have to worry about buying tickets today. Because it is such a hassle to get tickets online for these movies. It's like. Is it really? Yeah. It's like you would think it's just going to be, oh, I want to go see the movie next week. Or today, and I'll buy my yeah. ticket today. But no, it's like, if you want to see that at a decent time, and have a decency, you have to buy it. Was it? Like, we're still two months out. Oh, the yeah. Dance. Yeah. So, Cheryl texted me. I was like, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me. It's out right now. I rushed <laughs> to my computer from the kitchen. Right. And I'm like, I've got all these tabs open. It's like HQ at NASA or something. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got two days, so I need to book Thursday for myself so I can sure. see it and start to get writing right. about it. And then for my dad and my brother, we usually go see these movies together. So, I'm like, okay, well, I've cool. got a do a second showing now surprisingly it was not that bad this time compared to like end game because in game like all the servers were like throttled and and <laughs> it was like waiting in line and refreshing and for this it was just like i was in and out in a couple of minutes i was like oh my gosh thank the force nice. <laughs> yeah yes, did you force. buy early tickets oh no. or... <laughs> <Aww. laughs> after I, mean... I give this elaborate story <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, no, I, no, I just, I don't know. I just, it's just, it's never been something I'm interested in. I mean, not Star Wars. just I don't mind Ren either, but I still yeah. saw Endgame. in game. I don't know. I feel like I can, I'll, I'll find a way to see, see it. See,
3: I, that's why <laughs> I wish I could be in your spot like that, but I, I it's anyway, like, I care way too much about
2: it. Like, so. I don't think I had trouble finding an Endgame showing, like just. The you know I, I I I didn't see it, like opening night like the next yeah. day yeah I was like oh, oh that's good then. that's
3: lucky but you know what I've also a lot of these places now they do like select your seating and it's like if I'm going solo it's fine because I can just kind of slip sure. in wherever oh, yeah yeah but then when I'm bringing my family and Very it's true. like now we got to find seats together we got to make sure it's not like absolutely in the front and the movie theater I go to has reserved seating it's like you know a really nice theater and all that stuff so people are like this is kind which like one is this. it it is the Icon Theater. So it's not it's not AMC and it's mm-hmm. not all those other chains. Um so there's like there's only like two or three in the United States. But it's really well. it's really cool and fancy. Okay, uh, cool. uh not too far from downtown. So that's my go to spot.
2: <laughs> I I, I wanna bring this up really fast because yes. I I find this is pretty interesting. So Ticket Sales off to a great start, forty percent of our endgame yeah. movie ever. But a little wrinkle, um, you know, Star Wars has never really caught on the reason that endgame is more popular than Star or more profitable overall than Star Wars. Mm -hmm. A big part of it is because Star Wars never really caught on in China, which is a giant, giant market. It just hasn't done very well. Yeah. Which is a fascinating history because, you know, the original movies didn't come out there because of the revolution at the time. And then by the time the prequels came out there, but like it's just like going to see the prequels without yeah, having yeah. investment in the original story. Mm, like they, yeah, I get it. If it's just the prequels to rope you in,
3: that's not like gonna it's it. not
2: going to work. <laughs> it's not. So, like, they just haven't done all that well. They haven't done so yeah. that well. So, I find fascinating that Disney is partnering with uh, a g- multinational giant called Tencent to mm. publish all the Star Wars ebooks over there and to write a new Star Wars book starring a Chinese hero written by like a really popular popping author over yeah. there. Basically they, they're going to try to make Star Wars popular in China by any means yeah. necessary. Is this a terrific uh-huh. B um, <laughs> nakedly opportunistic and kind of creepy or C, other.
3: Hmm. You know, I'm on the shakes. <laughs> Well, let me answer it this way. Sure. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to I stick to my role. I choice. will start with uh, something recently to compare it to, which was South Park, which has been making fun of sucking up to China, basically.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs>
3: and I hope that we don't get like banned in China because I've been seeing that a lot now, especially oh you God, know with might. the with the protests and stuff. I don't know how we work internationally, but uh, you know I'll, I'll say it because we can say stuff. <laughs> we can. Mm. But it it's it is kind of weird where south park was kind of like poking fun at disney for trying to be Uh china friendly and just trying to make sure that like uh like one of the episodes revolved around the boys trying to make a movie and they're like well the only way it's going to be profitable is if we market it to china so while they're making this movie they have a consultant on set saying no you can't say that no you can't do that that's not going to be da 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 to the point where they get frustrated and they're like, okay, never mind." <laughs> so funny. it, it, it really brings up the fact that it's like, well, do I want to do this for creative freedom or do I want to market it so that the Chinese government is pleased and that they'll sell yeah. my movie? So that is a hard it, line to cross. <laughs> it is. And I
2: worry that it's only a matter of time before the Disney has its own like NBA um, or like uh, a <laughs> blizzard type moment. Yeah. Like running where it has to yeah. decide between yeah some kind of free speech on the one hand or keeping China happy on the other.
3: Exactly, yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a It's a precarious market. game, but
2: yeah. uh, it's also very interesting. I mean, it genuinely is. It's very fascinating mm-hmm. to live the way it works nowadays.
3: Yeah.
2: And um, we'll just bunker down and watch what happens, man. <laughs> we will. <laughs> Speaking of uh, some controversy, you mentioned that you wouldn't mind talking about the ongoing um, and growing critical mass yeah. of old guard hollywood directors who are coming out to just crap all over yeah marvel yeah i did not realize when martin scorsese started this it would be a movement
3: yeah it's been like a whole month and people are not stopping oh by the way this beautiful i love
2: it it's so, it's so much fun <laughs> this guy was
3: like this is my new favorite t-shirt
2: <laughs> it's like i don't know if that's like complimentary or insulting i just know it's, that i love it
3: it's just brilliant So, just
2: to recap you, uh, Martin Scorsese, Mm -hmm. the legendary director, Goodfellas Casino, the Raging Bull, Taxi Driver, all that good stuff, uh, said a couple of weeks ago of Marvel movies, that's not cinema. The closest I can think of them, as well-made as they are, with actors doing the best they can in circumstances, is theme parks. It isn't the cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional, psychological experiences to another human being. And that caused a lot of dust up. Yeah. But honestly, that was nothing (laughs) compared to what... Other legendary director Francis Ford Coppola yeah, said, he... and "Just, just, just to clarify, like this, the, the things he's made, The Godfather yeah. is a very important big movie. Yeah, so was The Godfather Part Two, so Apocalypse Huge. Now. Yeah, the conversation is great. You know, Jack, yeah, man, who knows how Williams, to make movies, yes.
3: I'll give it to him.
2: To be fair, unlike Scorsese, he hasn't really stayed really relevant.
3: Yeah,
2: remember Jack, the Robin Williams movie where he's like a grown man, but." Oh. A, He's the child. That was him. That was him. Oh,
3: okay. Well, maybe he fell off the way.
2: <laughs> I mean, maybe. We can discuss Coppola's filmography some other time. <laughs> I mean, he also made uh, that, like, 90th, like, 1990s Keanu Reeves' Dracula, which was mm. w- w- with Gary Oldman as Dracula, which was fun. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, he, he he's, he's, a, he's a creature of the 70s. Yeah. But The Godfather yeah. is, like, pretty unimpeachable. Okay. He hates them. Oh, yeah. He said, when Martin Scorsese says that the Marvel pictures are not cinema, he's right because we expect to learn something from cinema. We expect to gain something, some enlightenment, some knowledge, some inspiration. I don't know that anyone gets anything out of seeing the same movie over and over again. Martin was kind when he said it's not cinema. He didn't say it's despicable, which I just say it is. Francis Ford Coppola, just being the brave 80-something director he is, just telling it like it As is. As I listen
3: to that in my Captain Marvel. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm so sorry. That's very true.
2: Yeah. And then also a director named Ken Loach, who is again an 80-something who's made a lot of powerful, you know, uh, socially conscious films over the years. Weighed into... So, basically, mm-hmm. the point is, um, old-time directors from the 70s, they are have something to say yeah. about Marvel movies. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Spielberg? Got thing to say, Ooh. Lucas? Want to come out and say something, maybe? Yeah,
3: well, Spielberg was the one who didn't want like Netflix movies to be up for Oscars, wasn't he? He
2: was, but then he like signed a giant Apple TV Plus deal. Hmm. So, well,
3: I guess he just doesn't know. want his uh, his Oscars and his Emmys though. So, and I mean, He's Lucas considering
2: well. he started Star Wars, I think it'd be a little rich of him to come out and decry blockbusters, but yeah. whatever.
3: Yeah. Well, uh, you know, it, it. A lot of a lot of people have also been speaking out, like um, on the Marvel side, uh, like James Gunn, Mark Ruffalo.
2: James Gunn is like uh, on the front lines.
3: Yeah, and most recently, Bob Iger said something that Disney CEO. Where he was like, you know, I respect their opinions because these are like legendary directors. But he's like, you know, you're also kind of undermining the hard people, you know, the hardworking people who worked on these movies. Yeah. And it's like,
2: you and know. And it's true, like, can you imagine like, calling it despicable and you're like one of the thousands who worked on it? Yeah. I like, it's the actors, the directors, like the sound technicians and the customers and everything in between. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, oh, I'm despicable it's, now, Francis it's Ford insulting, Coppola.
3: I think, to, to say that, you know, uh-huh. I, I made a piece of garbage or, you know, I didn't work hard on this. And I think it shows that We have like Disney already owns basically probably top 10 movies of all time. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And including Avatar and Titanic. I think Titanic is fine. But, you know, like they they, that's besides the point. But (laughs) most recently with their superhero movies, it's like these people are showing out. They're coming to the theaters and they're uh, I think they're taking away something from these movies. because
2: I do, too. If it was just
3: utter complete crap, we would know. They would know it and we would not be at the point we're at right now. So uh and you know what way back when when Robert Downey Jr. responded to the uh, comments on Howard mm-hmm. Stern. Howard Stern was really trying to stoke the fire and be like, "Hey, well don't you think he's trying no, to start something, I'm don't you?" And Robert Downey Jr. was so cool and collected. This is why we love him. Mm-hmm. He was just kind of like, "You know what? No, he has a right to his opinion." And and he really did not try to force like any sort of like taking one side. He's like, no, if that's how they feel about the movie, then that's how they feel. But I'm just going to keep doing my job and feel the way I feel about it. So he answered that so graciously.
2: I mean, I I think there is probably an argument to be made that, and I know you're a giant Marvel fan, (laughs) but that Marvel movies, you know, there's a very long tradition of like cinema as art Mm -hmm. versus cinema as, you know, entertainment. Yeah. and, Neither is wrong. Neither is inappropriate. But th- there's always been a bit of like, you know, if you're the art house person who go to con, like you have a certain conception of only things that move me yeah. or that like go to the <laughs> new condition are, you know, cinema. Yeah. But there's also a very long tradition of like people making popular entertainment, like going back to the 30s with like, you know, a and Rogers or whatever, yeah. dancing across the screen. Like it's, it's perfectly, and it's always been the case mm-hmm. that the most. Artistically accomplished movies aren't necessarily the ones that people love. Yeah, and obviously people love them. They're taking something away from them. Yeah, I mean they're enjoying them. They're going home and they're devoting you know mind share and passion to them. So to just kind of throw them all under the bus. Yeah, with, and to be fair, Coppola is a lot more kind of gross about it things right scorsese, yeah, and scorsese yeah. he was like you know it's fine you can do what you want yeah, but it's not but really it's my not thing right but coppola's like they're despicable i made the godfather <laughs> listen to me
3: and you know what somebody had brought up on twitter uh there's a hollywood reporter article from last year where it was like uh coppola watches black panther um and the first what? line of it was like he had asked at the end of the movie, he had asked to go back and rewatch one of the most exciting scenes uh, during an early screening. So I was like, hmm. <laughs> and this was, this was revealed on the commentary of the Black Panther DVD by the director. So it's kind of like a little hypocritical there. At least one movie got to you, unless you were completely faking it. And if or so. Or he wanted then... to
2: watch it so he could know how to hate it better. <laughs>
3: No, the way that he, the way that Ryan Coogler described it, where he was like, oh, this is like a poignant moment, and it's like the turning point of T'Challa's, you know, journey or whatever, made it seem like he was really into it. So, I'm just saying that's out there. It's on the DVD. You can't erase it.
2: I mean, also, there's so many movies being made, like, not just in movie theaters through, I mean, Martin Scorsese made his latest movie, The Irishman, on Netflix, which I haven't seen still, but I hear it's great. Yeah, um, there's all these services like Disney Plus are going to have original movies. So yeah. like, there's, there's still ways to do what you want to do, even if it's not like exactly how it was in the '70s. Exactly, I'm sorry yeah. when the studio system had collapsed and they were giving money to people yeah. like Scorsese and Coppola to make, you know, granted, very ambitious, new, exciting things. Yeah. But yeah, it, it it just seems like yeah. the get off my lawn brigade. <laughs> and a what bit. um
3: to add to that, what Mark Ruffalo had tweeted was he was like you know back in the day, rock and roll wasn't considered real music, or hip hop wasn't considered That's very real true. music. You know, as a kind of like an analogy, people hated that,
2: jazz but, when it came along. Yeah, it was like hundred years ago. Yeah, look
3: at that. So. Yeah, old man yells at class. <laughs> in <laughs> okay. conclusion,
2: we can finish that. And, and uh, finally, our last bit of the day, Go back to Game of Thrones a little bit. Yeah. That'll be weird. Not sure if you read this, Good. but uh, Kim Renfro, who I mentioned earlier, she has her own unofficial guide to Game of Thrones out, mm-hmm. um, is a very hard worker, and she went to the Writers Guild Foundation Library in LA, yeah. where all the Game of Thrones scripts are available to read. I'm looking at some deleted scenes from the final season. And I want to name some of them. Yes. You tell me whether they were wisely cut or whether they should have been yes. kept in. Okay. Some deleted scenes from the final season of Game of Thrones. So, in the episode, and you guys at home.
3: Yeah, leave Oh, a by comment. the way, we're this not
2: is... live. Should have mentioned that like a half hour ago, but <laughs> we're not much, live.
3: Yeah. Um, but we'll check the comments anyway after. Yes,
2: we will afterwards because we're recording it earlier for Halloween party. Um. In the long night, when the White Walkers attack Winterfell, that long, dark episode um, where Melisandre dies and all that stuff, Um, there's a bit where everyone's down in the crypt, Mm
0: -hmm. and
2: uh, like Theon and Sansa and Masande and Gileard are down in the crypts hiding out because they can't fight. Yeah. And in the original version, zombies get out, and they're all afraid, and they just kind of, that's about it. And then they die, and they're fine. Um, In the original script, though... Uh, Tyrion and Sansa do a bit of a action hero moment where they take some daggers and stab some whites and save Missandei and Gilly from being eaten.
3: Oh.
2: Um, wisely cut or should have been kept in? Oh my God. this. You know what? I don't know. It's
3: kind of hard to say if saving them in the end would have made a difference.
2: I mean, they all lived. Anyway, yeah. but we we didn't In get to see act, yeah. Masa- uh, we didn't get to see Tyrion and Sansa have this little here. This is not have this little hero moment.
3: Oh, Missandei! Oh, wait, wait, wait. oh no!
2: Missandei is saved by Tyrion. In and that
3: okay, I get it yeah only i die don't the think we're missing episode. anything i still want zombie net stark so <laughs> me I, too that's the only thing that matters so it's i think that's fine i agree
2: with you yeah. i don't think that i think that was fine yeah. like you know i, I think it's kind of out of character for them to be action heroes anyway yeah. so i feel like i am guessing they probably thought that like this yeah, no one's gonna buy this <laughs> <laughs> let's cut it okay next one um after the battle of winterfell they're having this kind of post Winterfell feast mm-hmm. and Daenerys is acting all, you know, all lonely and uncomfortable. Uh, Masande and Grey Worm aren't there at all in the show but they were there in the script oh. and there's a whole kind of fun bit I liked this bit <laughs> where uh, like Daenerys dismisses Grey Worm because he's worked really hard and he fought really hard in the battle and he's like go get some rest dude you earned it mm-hmm. and Masande, who is you know in a new relationship with him clearly like wants to leave to go follow him and is like oh Daenerys can I be excused I'm sick but then is like, oh, you're sick. Okay. Uh huh. And like, it, it, it kind of teases her a little yeah. bit, but, but then lets her go. Yeah. And the script is like, she's happy for her friend, but she's also kind of lonely because she's no one else mm-hmm. having fun at this party. Everyone else having fun at this party about yeah. her. And I like that because I think it would have kind of set up her downfall a little better and right. also featured Masande more. Yeah. And their relationship. I'm more. always
3: 100% for more of her.
2: Because, I mean, if the point is is going to die and Nairus is really upset about it, like, mm-hmm. we don't have any French moments with them in exactly. this season. So,
3: exactly. I think that would have I think that would have added to, yeah.
2: Yeah. That was a little cute Missandei Grey moment. That That's nice, too. Also, I would have liked, like, Seymour Daenerys, like, being human, you know? Like, you know, teasing her friend a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Like, oh, you're sick. Sure. Yeah, okay. that would have also yeah. been
3: kind of nice. Because, I mean, a lot of people probably would have argued she got kind of out of character.
2: I in think the they do argue side. that.
3: Yeah. <laughs> but would that have been out of character too? No, I no. think. <laughs> I think
2: they've had a, a jovial relationship over the okay. time. Like, you know, they were doing each other's hair at one point. Aww. Like, they were buddies.
3: Yeah. Okay. Well, I would have liked to have seen that.
2: And finally, there were more, but I'm going to do the three yeah. that kind of stood out to me. Um, In the final, in the bells, when Daenerys goes ape mm-hmm. and uh, just burns the city to the ground. A choice that it seems like the director made was to not show her face at all after the carnage starts. And mm-hmm. he said, like, we don't need to see it after this. She and the dragon become one. It's all about people on the ground. Okay. Which, and there's that moment where she's, we see her face like before it starts, and yeah. then she starts burning everybody. Yeah. And um, I didn't like that when it happened. I thought, like, because c- mainly I was just confused as to why she was doing it. So I think, like, I need to see her face. Like, I need mm-hmm. to, what's she going through here? And the script, they pointed out that we were going to see her again. Like, we were going to see her being oh. really angry and just, like, feeling the spirit of the rage build up as she burned the Red Keep. But again, they chose to not show her at all after the carnage started. Good cut or bad cut.
3: Uh, for me, who's not like an in-depth sort of fan, that's something that I didn't even notice that they didn't show <laughs> her face.
2: And for me, who's obsessed, I noticed so hard.
3: <laughs> and I think it would have at least, even though it's it's a weird scene, it would have at least given them the chance to kind of show. I think, number one, Amelia's acting ability. Um, I
2: think if they showed her doing that, uh-huh. she would have won the Emmy.
3: Ooh, hmm. yeah just to kind of to show i think any way that they could have showed her becoming the mad queen um makes sense to me and not her just all of a sudden being like and i'm gonna burn the place down yeah so if if that smidgen of a scene showing her face could have helped i would keep it in
2: i agree with you (laughs) man we're so in agreement on all these things
3: Uh And I didn't lead you at all (laughs) with my
2: suggestions. (laughs) I totally did. All right, and that is the end of our little program here. Have anything else you want to say? No. To to our to our lovely viewers.
3: (laughs) Happy early Halloween. Happy early Halloween, (laughs) everybody!
2: Um, If you're still watching, we are available to listen to in podcast form (laughs) on iTunes, Google Play, wherever podcasts are downloadable. And we will be back live. Next Wednesday, San costumes—probably you never know—at um, four PM Central Time on our Facebook page. And the beer's gotten to me a little bit. Oh
3: boy, it's only it's only the afternoon, so it's still gonna be a long day.
2: I know. <laughs> and, uh, thanks for watching, everybody, and we will see you again next week.
3: Goodbye.